0: On today's Daily Charge Supercharged Edition, what did we miss in our 2019 roundup? Quantum computing, 5G, Cybertruck, Galaxy Fold, video game consoles, Facebook flops? Our audience fills in the gaps. Uh, We'll we'll take one from Rob on Twitter, our loyal Twitter follower. Uh, I guess you can't discuss how sucky 5G is since you covered that today. I wonder if you could possibly discuss giving Al- Alfred the 2019 Troll of the Year Award.
1: Oh, he gets the Troll of the Century Award. I think yeah. you're right. You guys only get a glimpse of how much he trolls.
0: Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, it was from the 5G perspective, I think Roger has really been able to... Yeah, take over that subject.
1: Where's the hype button? Yeah, fairly,
2: fairly like haven't we done a bunch of 5G episodes like very recently? So (laughs) like yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. So that'll be a bigger deal, I feel like, in 2020. We've definitely been talking about it a lot on the show and seen it, but it's really like not even that present. Well, it's
1: not yet. It's not here yet. Next year might be the year. I mean, it's on track to be the year when people will actually, it'll actually be relevant to people in their day-to-day lives. fingers
2: crossed. I kind of feel like it's probably not even going to be at the end of next year. I mean, like, you still have to, like, upgrade your hardware. You got to get a new phone. You got to, I know people do that fairly regularly, but I feel like it's going to be a slow burn uh, as far as people getting interested and excited about it. Mm -hmm. And, you, you know, the thing with it is, is that, all the phone carriers are already rolling out all their advertising about it. It wouldn't surprise me. I feel like I've heard this, that like a lot of consumers actually think 5G, like they're already getting 5G because like that's what the commercials are telling them about. Like we've already developed 5G. Here it is. Whatever. And it so. stinks
1: because it's not 5G. It's just slow connections that you're used to. Yeah,
2: it's it's pretty... Pretty lousy right now. So, yeah, not not quite a, you know, top thing of 2019, no. I would say.
0: I thing yet. that we talk about all the Hype-wise,
1: maybe, but... Oh, for sure. Impact-wise, nah, not really.
0: <laughs> Michael Brown says the biggest tech announcement of the year was a transition of 359 to the Daily Charge. Oh, oh that's, that's cute. He says, he's, he says he's waiting for his brownie. It's a, I'll, I'll send you a sheet pan.
1: Hugs. Yes. Well
0: done. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, he's got something to say. Obviously, it's a joke, but like, it was fun for us. We hope it's been fun for you. And uh, we'll keep saying this throughout the episode. Thanks, everybody. It's been a really fun year. Yeah. Um, next up, let's take one from uh, Eric. He says, we all know what Roger's answer is going to be for top tech of the year. Well, yeah, that was. What is it? <laughs> T-Mobile CEO stepping down? <laughs> Come on, Ben. That's a gimme. Uh, Will Barry says, Cybertruck, Neuralink, Galaxy Fold, Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, I, I f- kind of figured Galaxy Fold would have been on your list too, Joan. Mm. It
1: was close. Um, it's just I didn't want to, I, I figured one of our really clever viewers would bring it up, and I couldn't pack, I didn't want to pack, I wanted to let you guys, you know, weigh in. So I didn't, but I, it was on my short list, and I just cut it out because I wanted to talk about other more, more sexy things.
0: Yeah. But I, I don't would... know,
1: It was pretty. it was pretty epic. Like, you send out this, like, revolutionary folding screen design, and then all you have to do is just peel off the cover that you peel off on every other phone and it's totally like bricked
2: right that's pretty good I I would say that that was like in order of magnitude more significant than Cybertruck. Cybertruck is like at at least at this point, yeah. Elon's car that he gets to drive around and like <laughs> get people to tweet about run over it.
1: pylons with.
2: Right? right, right. So there's there's like a big question as far as like whether that's going to have any impact or influence whatsoever. So far, it was just like a media event and then Musk kind of using it to like show it off. So. But at the same time, I do think people are probably going to buy it. Not a lot of people, but um, it's...
0: People will buy it.
2: People will definitely buy it. It's kind of like an iconic look. At first, I was just like, this is ridiculous. And now I'm like, yeah, sure. It's a luxury vehicle. People will buy it. put that
1: on your grave.
2: Right. I thought
1: Cybertruck was an, quote, iconic look.
2: It is iconic insofar as it's, like, very recognizable, which works yeah. very much in, like, the, like luxury brand i don't know i i'd like to pitch that to like the audience to see what they think about that
0: speaking of the audience the chat is lit with great commentary today uh timothy says how about fifty three thousand dollars for a mac pro is oh, that yeah, a yeah. highlight or a low light i'm putting that in the low lights oh yeah, come on sure. that's really that's Glorify as much as a cyber yeah You're... cyber <laughs> um let's see what else uh will says low lights could be the bigsby speaker and the red hydrogen one phone did the Hydrogen 1 phone really flop that hard? I wasn't paying attention to that one. I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. That was a good setup, and it wasn't even trying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boom. All right. Uh, Eric says, still crying over Caps' storyline. And uh, Brian backs it up with more on the uh, Galaxy Fold and the Avengers Eden Game story arc uh, coming to a conclusion. Yeah. For made sure. for a pretty crazy year. Culturally, um, that was
1: a big, 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 big story. Definitely. Um, because it, yeah dominated conversation. That and, like, Game of Thrones ending. The t- and those two things happening so quickly, like, so close to each other, right? Like, they were all, they were both within, like, a month of each other, I think. Yes. The finale of Game of Thrones and also the end of that, mm, what do they call, phase of the MCU? The yeah. The phases, epics? I don't know. Yeah.
2: Now that I've had some, like, several months to think about it, I also now realize that the end of Game of Thrones really was as bad as people were saying. It's so bad. It wasn't very good. It
1: was bad. I
2: I think I was convincing myself at the time, because it's like a a big, epic storyline and, you know, very well produced, that I was just like, yeah, this is great. And, yeah, people were so mad about it, and I kind of get it now. Yeah, Yeah,
1: it's really easy, and I feel that, like, um, Apple TV Plus shows are a little bit like this, too, that it's really easy to... Get seduced by how good it looks like when you have production value value, better than anything else that's produced on TV, the best, the most like heavily invested television that's getting made in the world, then like it's it's really easy to be like, oh, yeah, this is really good. But that doesn't like make up for Bad crappy story, story
2: development yeah, for and sure. terrible
1: like character progression and
2: well, Apple got
1: cadence issues. Ab- Ab-
2: yeah. Apple got what they wanted out of like the morning show. Didn't that get
1: some? Well, we some... don't know. They, I mean, they got like Golden Globe nominations, but oh, like, that's,
0: that's but like <laughs> they, they no big been, deal. I mean,
1: like it's 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 like seen as like a precursor to Emmy nominations. But like the thing that that TV shows really like to tout is like getting. Like, um, what are they called? Like, the Peabody Awards for, like, Egghead stuff. Is it Peabody's, mm-hmm. right?
2: Or therapy Peabody yeah. Awards,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for Egghead stuff, and then um, Emmys are the ones that people really care about.
0: Hmm. I Egg wouldn't mind stuff. getting a golden globe, but whatever. We got some more chatter about the Cybertruck and the Galaxy Fold. I want to know if Elon's going to show up at CES this year with the Cybertruck and mm-hmm. be the next yeah. robot hit and run. He's too cool to show up yeah. at CES. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: But if he could troll us by driving the Cybertruck in and running over the robot himself instead of having a self-driving car do it this year. I'm on board for that train. And that's, eh, that's all I have to say. Make more than one. Then we'll talk. <laughs> uh, Matthew Datcher says, the fact that Facebook still grows despite all the backlash it suffers for is bad decisions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, social media in general, probably kind of at a, a low point in 2019.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something, you know, to... Stop looking backward and look forward a little bit. I think that next year, um, government regulation of big tech is going to be a, a big trend. It's going to—I mean, that's a theme that's already happening now, but I think it's going to reach more totally. of a fever pitch and actually maybe manifest next year with the election coming up. That being a probably maybe a big part of the campaign trail it already um, has presented it itself already as is. Being, yeah and so yeah i think the fact that yeah because you know it's all self-regulated for now and people are angry not angry enough to stop using these addicted services addictive services but um it's
2: interesting point there that i talked to uh, somebody in the industry about which is going back to datra's point As to why Facebook hasn't stopped growing is is that this goes right back to regulatory issues that they're a monopoly. Mm -hmm. That's what this person was arguing very concretely. That's obviously what regulators and Congress is looking into right now. And it's like there is no other competition. You're going to stop using Facebook. Where are you going to go? You're going to stop using Android. I guess you could go to iOS. But, you know, ultimately, if it's not like a two horse race, it's a one horse race in a lot of these markets. So, yeah, like that'll definitely be a
0: conversation next year, I think. Mm -hmm. Tim's got a question. He says, with the HQ2 fallout, uh, is it embarrassing for New York or Amazon? I feel like New York City, who voted for HQ2, turned uh, 180 degrees in terms of their feelings. Not it's me. Both. I still hate it.
2: It's both. It's both. I think that there's definitely recognition that it was a very, very big project for Long Island City. That was, I, I from, from a broader public perspective, that... I think most people wouldn't argue with that. That's not really a controversial Mm -hmm. conversation, like comment to have that it's 25,000 new employees that would be on a, you know, sparkling new campus along the waterfront and that what what that would mean for, you know, infrastructure, subways, uh, the water system, like a lot of different things. But uh, at the same time, the governor and the mayor both brought this project to the city and then proceeded to let Amazon get completely railroaded by other local politicians. That was a very bad look for them where they convinced them to come to town say we're open for business. So I don't think both of them came out looking bad. I I would say. There was there was a lot of blame to go around in this situation. And I do feel like
1: I mean like on the flip side um the way that it didn't reflect well on Amazon is like you're going to have this ridiculous beauty pageant, you're going to pick your thing and when people start saying hey we don't like these parts of it. You don't seem you don't seem to, like, engage in any sort of good faith discussion to actually work through the problems. You're just like, OK, screw you. We'll just go to Virginia instead.
2: Right. And and that was generally how they were presented. And it's been interesting to see the rest of the year that protests in New York have continued. Mm. You know that they now focus on the Staten Island Fulfillment Center that they have. And there have been pushes to get the workers to unionize. Again, there's been a lot related to Amazon's connection to ICE. Uh, and it doesn't seem that these folks are going away. That they're really trying to like push this issue, and what exactly they see as an end goal will also be interesting. As far as like getting Amazon to stop working with government officials or immigration mm-hmm. officials, would that actually satisfy them? I I wonder. Mm-hmm. You know, because I just I I think that they don't like the presence of Amazon. They think it's too big, and there are, there are obvious arguments to be made there.
0: Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ryan. He says, it's been great having this show to listen to and talk tech with people on a daily basis. We want to reciprocate that feeling. It's great for us too. Uh, It helps us learn more about uh, what we want to get in touch with, with the community. And it's just been fun with you guys. uh, The loyal fan base, the growing fan base. Um, So yeah, again, we're going to be redundant, but thanks everybody for being a part of this. Uh, We're going to just be taking a long break at the end of the year. We're not going anywhere. Just a breather. Um, Here's one from Yan. This is another good one to bring up, uh, as it's going to be a mess for a long time. Specific to the YouTube community, uh, COPPA is a big thing to talk about, though it's only going to be implemented next year. Uh, I don't think that's going to directly impact us, but it's going to directly impact a lot of people.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see how things play out. The headline thing that happened this last year is that YouTube was hit with the biggest COPPA penalty um, ever, which was for 170 million dollars. The value of that penalty, the dollar value of it, is like chump change to YouTube and Google, um, YouTube's parent company. But um, what really mattered is all in as part of the settlement with the FTC on children's privacy were all these new rules. And so, in a way that people can argue that's good that YouTube has to be observing some sort of rules around privacy that are set outside of its own little fiefdom. Like it's not self-regulating itself in that respect as much. But um, the downside is so long as, like YouTube implemented this part, one of the part of the settlement was that YouTube would require creators, uploaders to self-identify their videos as being directed to kids. And what that means is if you are confused about what is directed to kids, which a lot of people are, if you are unfamiliar with COPPA, if you don't really understand the significance of just like that little toggle, you as a creator, as an uploader, expose yourself to getting your own COPPA violation, which can be significant. Ooh. So, you know, it's it'll be interesting to see, a lot of people would argue that that YouTube has been has failed to properly protect children and how they use and how children use and are treated on YouTube, considering it's such a popular service with with young kids. Um, but there could be repercussions for just, you know, a, uh, unwitting people that want to make fun videos and don't realize that they could be exposing themselves to getting their own sort of violations.
2: And this is a perfect example of going back to what you were talking about regulation. That mm. this is a very early step in creating new guardrails around some of these services. There's been so much written about a lot of the negative and not child friendly content that exists on YouTube Kids. I know you've written some of this. Mm. And, um, That's this is this is part and parcel of regulators really paying a lot more attention to these things. So, yeah, as a parent, I think it's really interesting and important to do these types of things. For YouTube creators, I can definitely see it being difficult for them too. That like, do I need to get a lawyer now to know whether I kind of exist in a gray space between whether it's okay for kids or not?
0: Yeah. Okay, with the very 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 limited amount of time we got left, let's just slam through a couple of these. Make sure we shout out our friends. Camera says, hey, what about that quantum computer? Oh, what
1: about it? Uh, Ben knows about it. Yeah, nothing.
2: It's kind of like 5G in that like (laughs) nobody really knows what it is yet or what to do with it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, the quantum computer, IBM showed it off. It looks like – I'm stealing this from Wired. It looked like a cyberpunk chandelier. <laughs> and it's supposed to, you know, I don't know, make computing so much faster and so much better and so much more incredible. But it's all very uh, abstract right now. in yeah, a way. Yeah, right. Practically. So – We'll probably hear more about quantum computing at CES, so stay tuned about that. Uh, but at the same time, it's kind of one of those broader technologies that it's going to take a few more years to bake, I would think. Mm.
0: Michael Brown says Ben Fox Rubin doing a video with the Property Brothers was pretty big. I'd oh, love to thanks, see, man. I'd love to see more partnering with HDTV personalities with more smart home coverage. That Who is actually that? a great Michael idea. Michael Brown. Oh, Michael, Michael Brown. Michael Brown is
1: so nice. I too am also a big fan of HDTV.
2: I will only do videos with identical twins. So sorry. So the
1: Olsons.
2: The Olsons and the Property Brothers. That's basically Who else? it. The Wicklevy.
0: Right. We could talk about blockchain, whatever. Okay, uh, DC147 says the biggest tech announcement for me was the announcement of the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet. Hmm. Partly because they play a lot of games, partly because they're uh, fascinated on how they'll uh, compare to the streaming services. Interesting. Yeah, the, I was the idea say. of not a video game console but an entertainment console. These, yeah. are, these are good answers. It's not
1: the wave of streaming services that really lit his fire. It was the the consoles. That's interesting.
0: Starlink is also being floated around in the chat. Did not see that coming, but hey, why the hell not? Uh, Imagine Soggy says, what exactly did WeWork's president do or uh, CEO do? Uh, Could we expand on that a little bit? So it's
1: yeah, for sure. So he um, it's not like a single scandal like he did one clearly inappropriate thing. It was more that he had this kind of like high flying eccentric pattern of behavior. Like there was one instance where he well, there was one instance where he was like smoking pot on a allegedly smoking pot on a flight across like country lines like an inter intercontinental flight or something which you know can be considered like drug trafficking or you know, something. there's that he also like there was one instance where he had to lay off seven percent of we work's staff and he capped this all hands meeting saying like seven percent of your friends are getting fired by like having a party that they passed around tequila and run dmc came out to perform so he like there's and then he's just
2: He's just an eccentric there were guy. a lot of conflicts. A lot so of things that he he found different investors ways. Investors nervous about him, right? He found different ways to get paid uh, right. specifically by the company. So, for instance, when they switched their parent company name from WeWork to We, um, apparently he took a like a huge consultation fee, right? You know, so there were just a lot of ways that he was using the company broadly as like a piggy bank yeah, and
1: seemingly to enrich himself.
2: Well, you know, when SoftBank bought him out and kicked him out. Um, he walked away with more than a billion dollars, 1.5 billion dollars, while a bunch of uh, his employees got laid off. That obviously left a lot of people with a very sour taste in their mouth about how capitalism works, which is understandable.
1: Yeah.
0: Smart homes, obviously not new technology by any stretch of the imagination. It's had its ups and downs, a lot of activity in 2019, some silly. Uh, Do we think we're really going to maybe see that market kind of take off in 2020 and start finding a real place for itself?
1: Well, I think that it'll be like interesting to see that uh, the kind of preponderance of smart home devices, um, that the tension with that, and how people are getting more nervous about these smart home devices, these things that are interconnected, and also many of them listening to you to take commands. Right. I think that there, or like inter- surveilling
2: your neighbors. Yeah, as Like surve- Alfred's yeah. been writing about. Yeah, a writing a lot. lot
1: about Ring and other, um, uh, you know, smart doorbells. All that. I think it'll be interesting to how those two trends sort of coexist in parallel with each other next year.
2: Right. In general, I think so smart home has definitely found a place, but in general, people really use it for very basic things like what's the weather, what's the music like, like play some music and also like hooking up smart light bulbs. So Mm -hmm. the actual concept of like a super smart home that's like very interconnected, uh, it's not really something that most people have right now. It's more just these very simple port ons that you know, I have them at my home and, and they annoyingly still don't work all the time. Um, I really
1: like light switches. They're so simple.
2: They are helpful, except that, you know, yeah, I have Amazon's voice assistant in my house and it routinely screws up turning on and off the living room light. I have no idea why. No, I've I been mean, telling I like, it for years. I like
1: analog light switches. Oh, that's what I have like. Good for you. I feel like there are They're certain just technologies. just so easy. There are certain technologies that if, like, Apple tricked everybody and repackaged it as an Apple innovation. It'd be like, it's magical. So simple on off a quick flip of a switch. It'd be like, I would be like, Oh my God, it's brilliant. Also radio, like radio is like,
2: amazing. It's
1: like so cool. Right. It's just like you, these waves that are everywhere.
2: You plug it in and it works. Yeah, yeah, you just
1: plug it in and it works.
2: Well, that's why people are like so excited. Like school. cord cord cutting millennials and Gen Zers are so excited about like uh linear analog television like with the digital antennas. Yeah. yeah. Broadcast uh,
1: television.
2: Right. Yeah, cuz like they they're like, "Wait a minute. I get this for free." It's just free. It's just, it's just
1: free. floating around me all the time and it all I have to do is grab It doesn't make any sense.
2: That is The biggest story of 2019 (laughs) broadcast, TV, radio and light switches. Thank you very much,
0: everybody. Uh, We forgot a low light that was so low, it's not even worth bringing up Facebook portal. Screw it. Uh, Uh, Is is that that this year?
1: Yeah, I think it was released this year, wasn't
0: it? It may have been late last year. I'm not I'm not really sure.
2: But yeah, Facebook was a real disaster also. That's a good news for Amazon. We talked a lot about Amazon, but Amazon was in uh some pretty lousy company. Amazon had a pretty bad year. Yeah, and then so did Facebook, Facebook said, hold so money. I think that like
1: the year before for Facebook was when really, sorry, when crap really hit the fan. Like, it's okay, it's Pam- the last
2: episode of the
0: year. <laughs> <Wow>. Yeah, baby. <laughs> what are we like six hundred episodes in and I have to make my first expletive s as- edit? It's, it's just I'm
1: not the first expletive. Definitely on the show. I No, know that was Alfred. Alfred. Has an
2: F-bomb. <laughs> oh my God! I know several he times. Yes. Several times. In Jones' defense, uh, I will also say the word. <laughs> cool. <laughs> that's thanks. Demonetized. Demonetized. That's just like,
0: Fantastic.
1: That's just being a co-conspirator. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever.
0: Uh, okay. And uh, uh, last, final thoughts. Uh, self-driving cars. I mean, obviously, uh, again, not new technology. We're talking are about are they, future stuff now. Are they yeah. going to be commonplace next year, though? No, no,
1: no nope. regulation it's, I mean that's an area where regulation is so stringent it's like the opposite of what we're dealing with big tech is there's so much regulation on
0: it's on the same thing with delivery
1: syndromes. drones yeah
2: yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it's a, it's another big reason a good a good example of like super regulation is in the banking and healthcare industries, and that's why uh big tech hasn't really you know pushed into those areas nearly yeah. as much as they Potentially could have because they're super aggressive in other areas and they're really incapable of doing that. Like they have to like the Apple card is a good example. Apple had to partner with Goldman Sachs and MasterCard to come out with the Apple card this year because they couldn't do it on their own. They couldn't do it themselves. And the regulatory framework is extremely burdensome where Apple could not just willy nilly become its own bank.
0: Right. Well, we could keep talking about this stuff and speculating forever and ever, but we are out of time. We're out of year uh, we're, out we're, out we're out
1: of year
0: out we of will, year. We will, of course, Sorry. resume discussing all of this in 2020 and continue on until we all rot in these seats, as we say. <laughs> but hopefully they'll be self-driving. Yes, at that point. Thanks, everybody, so much for an excellent year going with the flow as we try to shake things up and try something new here. Hopefully more of that on the horizon. Time will tell. But until then, we'll see you at CES. January 5th. Everybody have a terrific holiday, whatever you're celebrating. Take care. Wonderful new year. Uh, Ben and Joan, it's been so much fun. Thank you guys. Uh, it's, It's been a bit of a slog this year with all the different changes, but you guys have done swimmingly. And, uh, yeah, I just want to express my sincere gratitude. Oh, thanks, I really man. enjoy doing the show with you guys. Well, thanks, everybody, everybody, for watching. Thanks, thanks for watching and thanks, listening. Thanks,
1: being you. And, and thank you, B V J Thanks, you, too, for only demonetizing us every once in a while.
2: Yeah, they did it a few times. I think you just got us demonetized by mentioning yes! demonetization. <laughs> no, so. I mentioned
1: COPPA before, so I'm sure they're just kind of like, no! No!
0: Don't even talk about You're Kappa. now directed
1: at kids. <laughs> no money for
0: you. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, everyone. Take care. We'll see you in a few weeks. And uh, Joan, you can take us on home for the last time this year.
1: Yeah. So if you would, we would love it if you would ring the bell. That way you can tune in with us every morning when we fire back up in 2020. And if you could check the description below, that's where you'll find links to all of today's stories and every place you can subscribe to the podcast if you want to watch the show on the go. Nice. For CNET and The Daily Charge, closing out 2019, I'm Joan. I'm Ben. Thanks for listening.
0: Thanks.